I always say this, this is the most important thing you can do as a listener is not only subscribe, but immediately rate it five stars. A lot of people will uh, rate podcasts uh, and they'll sometimes kind of be jerky about it. If you don't like something, move on. There are so many podcasts out there that you will find the right one that will fit you perfectly, but find that one. Don't try to make somebody else suffer because you don't like their show or something like that. But what you can do is just leave a five star immediately because it does help with placement. It does help with uh, people finding you. That's part of the reason I heard found me was like people leaving good reviews and stuff. And so leave that immediately for, for Jenny. Like it's the freest thing you can do. You just have to tap your thumb or your finger, how your nose, whatever you want to do. And you don't have to pay for that, but it really does help keep the lights on and keep things growing because podcast is one of the number one growing forms of entertainment in this country, you know? Yeah. People function better when they're high. Hey, baby gorgeous. Welcome to Bravo and Blaze, where we're going to get lit off all the latest happenings going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything 420. So grab your can of goodies and let's get lit. All right. Welcome to another episode of Bravo and Blaze. Today we have the legendary Ryan Bailey. And I have to (laughs) scream it because you put an exclamation point. Ah, What up, Blazers? What up, 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 BBs? BBs. What do do you call your your peeps? Is it it Blazers? Was it Bravo? blazers i don't know i haven't thought about that yet but i do love that lisa barlow has said you know everything good starts with b oh i thought you were about to say she said every everything (laughs) good starts with weed and i was like wow lisa barlow said that that's wild does she have a tequila company (gasps) she does actually i have some right here vita tequila (laughs) (laughs) i love the barlows but um so welcome here thank you so much for being here this is like I think I manifested this maybe months ago. Well, work harder on your manifestation. This is really nothing. So (laughs) I shoot higher with manifesting. That's, you know. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? This is such an honor to have you. I mean, I have to say though, well, one, I wasn't sure if I should call you Ryan or Ryan, but you clarified. Oh yeah, (laughs) right. That's the only (laughs) thing that sucks about Dr. Jen Armstrong not going to OC again is that I really truly wanted to see if Ryan ever like came to life on camera or if he ever, like he just had first season jitters or if he would like warm up to the cameras. And of course, Mr. Puppers, their dog, I was really, you know, like, I don't know, for some reason I was, I always I have that theory of like they need every housewife needs to be signed to a two year contract. Yes. Nobody should be let go after a year because think about mm. it. The first year you're warming into anything. The only thing that sucks is like people like wh- whether you loved her or hate her. Noella tried to make herself a lead character immediately and you have to warm into these things. So yeah. Dr. Jen, like there were these little moments where I was like, OK, we could work with that. Right. I'm not completely negative in the sense of like fire this person, fire that person, nor do I think Bravo even gives a rip what we think. So it's hysterical <laughs> when we make casting decisions on Twitter and stuff like that, because I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you know, it's like, no, they true. Like, in fact, we're going to keep them hired more if any of Bravo reads our tweets because they're like, right. fuck that person. So, oh, sorry. Am I allowed to curse on this? Or? Yeah, you can. You OK. Can. Um, no, I did. I, but, but yeah, Ryan was somebody that I actually genuinely, I don't know if you're like me. I I find these small moments in Bravo, the ones that I always keep coming back to the ones that are like on, on its face, it's nothing. But then you think about it a week later and you're still kind of laughing about it. Or even like, it was always with Dr. Jen. She had like, she mentioned that she had cement in her leg, uh, because Yes, she had the the poor vascular system in her leg and because she, she had that. concrete in there. So in my head, every time I saw her working out, I was like, is she carrying around 50 pound legs, yeah. just dragging them like concrete? And those things for me are the ones that like really stick <laughs> out. You know, it's like Dorit with Buca de Beppo or, you know, like there's just these small moments that I love yeah. about Bravo. I don't need sometimes the big, big things. Yeah. It's like the small things I'll I'll keep coming back to. And that's why it's disappointing that, people get released after their first season you know so are you like me when you you see something small like that and you kind of get fixated like you said you're thinking about every yeah, time my mind, Jennifer, yeah. you're thinking yes. about her legs or whatever yeah. so that is funny you say that because one of the things that have stood stuck out for me like about you is I couldn't get over the fact that you're straight 
<laughs> yeah, I can't not- either. My parents can't either. Everybody around me can. Nobody really. In fact, don't please don't go spreading that around because it really gives me a bad reputation. It is funny. I will say it's what's kind of cool. Not cool for me, but like I it is what's cool about Bravo is that I truly am a minority in this. And I don't mean that in a boo-hoo way. Like, I mean that in a I I just want to be a part of this. Like, please allow me to be part of your group, because I think Bravo is primarily made for women and gay and lesbian like, i mean it the really LGBT. like it reaches out yeah. to these amazing communities and a straight white dude like f me right like that i totally get that but i was raised like all my best friends are gay i ra- i was raised around like a street all full of girls like i i'm not i have a couple strong male friendships uh like straight male friendships but i don't like sports i don't these are my sports oh. and i sometimes uh you know i can sometimes if you listen to my show, you can tell like, oh, well, that is a straight dude. Cause I, you know, it just sometimes just naturally spills over regardless of my taste, but yeah, like it's, it's super weird. I I've liked pop culture and Bravo since I was, well, not Bravo, but pop culture since I was a little kid and I grew up in Kansas. And for some reason it fixated, I was fixated on Hollywood pop. I mean, I was the kid wanting us weekly every week. I mean, I really do have a gay man's taste, uh, like barring a couple of things, but I'm proud of that because women and gay men have the best taste of anybody in this world, period. Like, I mean, like, there's no arguing that. Like, so if I could ever, like, I think that's the hysterical thing of like, you want to call me gay, please. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I want, I want that shine to me. Like, I feel sometimes insecure that I'm not gay when I'm dealing with, like, I've had, this is how dumb I, not dumb, but this is how idiotic I am where I'll sometimes be like, Man, if only I was gay, I'd be so much further in this business. <laughs> That's such an idiotic thought. Because <laughs> I sometimes feel like an interloper. Like I'm like I'm I'm interfering with your guys's fun, and I it's like no. an e- th- then I'm an easy target sometimes because of that. You know? No, it's just I literally when I joined this online Bravo community. First of all, I didn't even, it didn't even come across my mind that there was an online Bravo community. And I don't know why, like, it just never interested me until COVID. And that's when I just kind of like dived in and I was like, wow, this is a whole new world. And I just love it. But for some reason, and this says more about me probably, um, but I just never imagined that I would even encounter a straight man in this community so then when that yeah when you mentioned it on one of your podcast episodes i was like wait what and i get fixated on things like that so i was like yeah. i don't understand I yeah, don't. you're like how does that even work i mean how does that i don't even i mean and that's the thing so i remember somebody saying well that's got to be good because a lot of girls like bravo so they'll like want somebody like you who knows bro and i'm like no you know they, they say that in theory and the reality of that is like yo dude it's it's still weird like it's still and if you go into weird. my bedroom it well wait wait till if you go into my bedroom <laughs> so i have this whole setup i have all of these like bravo props and then hanging over my bed which you can't see on the reverse side of this desk is a huge huge oil painting of tom girardi and his brothers that i won at auction oh, yes um, i actually i remember airport. that yeah, I, yeah, and I won the um, the uh, the lingerie as well that Tom Girardi and listen, I have a framed photo of Tom Girardi in his lawsuit. Like, I mean, oh my god, you know, that if is you're, so if you're great. a woman and you come over to my if you if you're lucky enough to come over to my house and everything's getting romantic and then they're like, hey, what's that oil painting of those? four creepy looking brothers above your bed. And the thing is, the thing is so fucking huge. I didn't have anywhere else to put it. And I'm like, this was funny when I did it. And now the reality of owning this shit is so weird. I'm like, I, I even get weirded out. I get creeped out by myself, but I'm so busy with the show and stuff that I don't even like, I've lived here for almost a year and, and like things are still in boxes. I don't like, this is the, it's that's by the way, that's the straight man in me is that I it's very messy no i love it and i do love your setup what is that hilton um oh is that a... this this is house of hilton it's, oh, a it's book a by book. jerry oppenheimer and this is actually this had been recommended to me so many times it is supposed to be the tawdry uh history of the hilton family and you can't find anyone this is like this caught i splurged on this it's 50 dollars <laughs> for a hardcover you can't get this in paperback is even more it is what? like completely out of prints and all that stuff and i remember i got like 
I got a, like a residual check for like something I had done in acting. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to this house. of I, Cause I've, I've had my eye on that for a couple of years and I just got it a couple of weeks ago. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So do you think, I didn't know that you were in acting before. Do you think yeah. that your love and passion for pop culture stems from like getting to know human behavior and like dissecting some of the things that we see on these shows or just in I, pop culture and in, in general and like it, how like wild some of these things are like we were well, my love my my love of you know it's like my love of pop culture didn't it wasn't because of human behavior you know my love of pop culture was i think just every i mean i grew up in kansas and hollywood was the furthest thing away but i was the kid that would rush home watch entertainment tonight i was fascinated by not even the movies themselves even though i'm a huge movie buff but it was always the behind the scenes and it was always that there's people out there that exist that are acting and stuff like that yeah. then i started studying acting when i was in you know uh, like se seventh grade or something and you know went through like Stella Adler, Stanislavski, all of these kind of acting greats and seeing what they could teach. And I went to school for it and did a lot of theater and had the opportunity to continue on with that with grad school at NYU. But I chose to come to L.A. instead and and pursue acting itself. But my studying of acting made me appreciate housewives then like that helped mm. me even speak about it like i can be extremely goofy on my show and i like to lead with like just weird humor and stuff but the the reality of it you know i love to dissect uh anybody on bravo i love to dissect anybody in in you know this world in or general. pop culture i mean you know <laughs> yesterday's episode i was talking about britney spears and kevin federline and him releasing those videos and how you know damaging this is you know he's trying to protect the kids but it's further embarrassing these kids down the line or sure. you know thinking about even kathy hilton's moment on watch what happens live last night where she called lizzo precious and what you know is that but also you know so I think the study of acting and the study of human behavior really does help uh, me do what I do now or even think past the, you know, we watch Bravo in all types of different ways. You know, people watch it on its face, which means they believe everything that is ever said out of any of these ladies. Yes. Mouths. Or like, they, they, think don't it. they don't even question it. They don't even question it. Yeah. They, yeah. But like, but like they don't question it. Then there are people that watch it because they watch it as a comedy and they think, oh, this is yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It is. And then there's people like a lot of us that like watch it for both, you know? Yeah. And I think just in the times that we've had these last four years, and you could probably even take it back further than that, it's gotten so intense and there's such a pressure cooker environment that we all now are like, do is this too serious or is this too funny? Is this too yeah. the, the melding of it is so intense. And even last mm -hmm. night I was I think I I was tweeting about the Lizzo moment, yeah, or something because I retweeted that? it and I, I I said the f word because I truly was shocked. I truly was shocked. And then somebody that said they were like a fan of mine or a listener of mine or something said, "I'm really disappointed that you liked this and stuff." And I was like, "Hey," I said, for, "You know, thank you so much for even liking me. That's awesome." But mm. I. I, I made a huge point on the show today about this because this is something I, I always think about continually is that, you know, when we tweet or when we, you know, like there's something lost in uh, the written word nowadays or or it's just like watching Bravo. Yeah. We take it on its face. Yeah. Like, so in this person's mind, I wrote fuck as a and she read ha 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 ha. When I wrote F like, oh, my God, this yeah. is horrific. And then, you know, then she found another comment I had said to another podcaster and you know, this we, deep, we were talking about, like... well, no, well, she, and I was like, wow, you're just really looking out for things that I'm doing tonight. But I had said, oh my God, do you think uh, Kathy brought up Lizzo and Aspen? Because everybody's like, what did Kathy say in Aspen? What yeah. did Kathy say in Aspen? And we hear that it's a homophobic slur allegedly. Yeah. But I was just like, my, my whole point of that one was that like, listen, I, I don't watch these ladies as to like, as my moral compass, right. I don't look at them as heroes. And in fact, even the ones that I really like, I still suspect because they're suspect just wanting to be on the show in the first place. That already shows me that that something is off. So I'm not looking to any of these. I, I, I have the luxury of not looking to any of these people to tell me how to live. Now, right. if, you know, I can I can commiserate. I can even like get emotional about certain moments. I can learn uh, from certain things. Mm -hmm. I'm not incapable of any of that. But I'm not like I know and I hate to say this because like. I know Kathy is probably horrible in a lot of ways. Like, it's not going to shock me. Like you guys, like, or even I, that your moms are watching account that was trying to take down Kathy. Like, okay. 
cool. Take her down. What are you? I mean, I'm not. What is she's not up for a Nobel Peace Prize? What do I mean? What are we doing? Like, she's not. We're not going to award her best person of the year. What I mean, what do you think? You what does everybody think we're doing here? Like, know. you know, I find it like okay, Kathy's masterminding this whole thing. Kathy doesn't give a rip. Like, I mean, yeah. I, that at the end of the day, doesn't give a rip. It's just like Erica apologizing to Paris and Nikki for not being at Paris's <laughs> wedding. Paris doesn't care. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, like, who cares? I mean, so it, but, but on Twitter, oh, man. you know, like, I really love Twitter because I can fire off just stupid jokes or just all the, the vomit in my head can just go on there. And I, I always admire, like, I'll see you or I'll see a lot of community that really interact with each other. And I don't sometimes have the luxury and I think I'm scared to interact with a lot of people. I throw my jokes in there and I then usually just get off or I don't like stay on there too long because mm -hmm. I'll see a bad comment like, that girl going like, you know, what's up with this? And I'm like, no, yeah. no, no. Cause I genuinely will feel bad. I, I, I feel bad like most days because of something I've said. Me and too. you try to explain like, well, context matters and yeah. uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm also open to being wrong. Like, yeah. I'm like, you know, like, and also, but I also want, I just noticed this with the world late, you know, for the last, it's like, we, we can't be wrong. Like everybody can't, we lie instead of being wrong. And it's like, we have to be wrong. It's okay to learn. We can't we make human. it. So we're not learning. Anyway. Sorry. I'm on a diatribe right now. I'm going to shut up. But. No, 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 no. I agree with you. And that's like, I just had like a friend fight. I don't know if it's a friend breakup. I hope it's just a friend fight. But oh. what I really want to know, though, is how did you go from pod or acting to podcasting? Or was there something in between? No, no. I mean, so I I, I was an acting teacher and I worked in an acting school as like a administrative assistant, too. So I could go on auditions and stuff like that for like 13 years. And I, you were speaking about online communities earlier and I, so I always watch Bravo and I used to be married. I, I've, I'm divorced, unfortunately. And I, I, I would watch that. It wasn't, my wife didn't get me, my ex-wife didn't get me into housewives. I got her into housewives, which is funny, but I, I watched the first night OC premiere. I was like, this looks like something yes. I, I would like. I mean, I, and I did, and I really, but I had no clue. So I worked at an acting studio. I was, I, you know, I've been in the office and how I met your mother and a bunch of different shows. Wait, what um, episode of the office? <clears throat> um, it's the final final two episodes before it's season nine so it's like okay. the final well there's the season finale and then two episodes before that i'm in those last two um Ooh. but i mean but you know what was great about them was that originally it was supposed to be in uh, season six and i had booked the part told my parents all that stuff and they wrote it out and they wrote the part oh. out for time and my parents you know you, you you can't explain to your parents what writing a part out means and they said they would always they they we'll we'll bring you back we'll bring you back and i remember the ninth season when they said it was done i was like well guess i'm never coming back and then they called me right at the very end and said hey do you want um we we have something for you and i was like yeah let's audition and they're like no we we just we we wrote it for you and oh it was God. the nicest and it just shows you those people over the office you know there's a reason why they were so successful and they really do they did yeah. you know it's weird in hollywood to find people that actually genuinely care and remember and yeah. especially as you know an actor's lifestyle is just so brutal uh but yeah no i worked uh at this acting studio for 13 years loved housewives and then when i was getting a divorce or when i was separating that was when I first I was doing an acting podcast for my school where I would interview actors that came through my doors or I mean, listen, I was in a class. I mean, I was in a Tuesday night class with Army Hammer, Joe <gasps> Manganiello. Um, who else was in my class? It was like, I, I mean, by the way, there, it, before any of that stuff, it was like, I was Quasimodo. Like I have a picture of me and Joe Manganiello where, cause my ex would be like, take a picture of Joe. And I'd be like, Oh, I was like, Joe, my wife wants me to take a picture of you. And then I have a picture of Joe where it's like, I literally look like just like my face is melting and he's beautiful. And, uh, but no, I had all of these amazing, we had all these amazing people in our class come like Whitney Cummings, um oh. glenn powell from top gun maverick i mean all these jay ellis from top gun maverick all these guys so i would interview actors like that for this podcast because i was listening to like this american life and stuff like that but i wasn't aware 
of Bravo, the Bravo community. Like this is like yeah. Instagram was like, I didn't realize that on Facebook, there was a thing called Facebook groups. And <laughs> I was introduced to like, I had a friend, Molly, who I, she uh, has a bunch of podcasts and she was doing a reality show podcast. And we bonded over our love of Vanderpump rules at the time. And uh, so then she introduced me to her Facebook group and I was like, oh my God, people just sit around all day. And like, I can make fun of like Aviva <laughs> throwing her leg and then people respond to that. I can make a shitty joke about this. And then 30 people will be like, oh my God, oh my God. And I really felt like I had found my people. I was like, what? and for that time period, when I was going through the lowest time of my life, Aww. it saved me in so many ways. I mean, like truly saved me in so many ways because I knew that I could like go on there and talk nothing about my divorce or nothing about this relationship that was falling apart and just talk about these crazy people instead of the craziness in my own life. Oh and then from that, like, so I would be guests on certain podcasts and stuff. And then I did a Kardashian podcast for a couple of years with a person that, and I had never watched the Kardashians before. So what? it was like, she was, she was the expert and I was that. I was the person that had never watched it. So we recapped that for a while. And then that ended. And then I think a year, uh, there was like a, a year break or something where I was like, I don't know if I, I, I really miss podcasting. And then I was like, do you think I, I never thought I could do a solo show. Like I was just yeah. like, there's no possible way. And uh, I think it was Danny Pellegrino said, Oh, you know, do um, test yourself. Like just talk 15 minutes yeah. into a mic yeah. and see if you can do it. And yeah. I was able to do that. Like it was, and then it was like almost scary, easy to like right now yeah. I'm like talking way too much. It was like fun. It was actually fun. And then that's how so bad it's good started. And it was like, okay, cool. You know, I can have a bunch of guests. I can recap shows. I can talk pop culture. It doesn't have to be just one thing. It can be a blanket. And I talk a lot about my personal life. My parents are on all the time and that's how the whole thing started. And then pandemic, it just got out of control. It exploded. Like it was like, <laughs> It was one, it was like everything dipped at first with podcasting, mm -hmm. but then what I would do, I would do these six hour podcasts where it wasn't every day. It was like once a week and it would be six hours and I'd have three guests. I'd have my parents. I'd have like segments, like a talk show because I grew up on Stern and talk radio where I would just leave it on all day and I would just go about my day. And I was like, so during the pandemic, I was like, these are supersized pandemic episodes yeah. where I would just put it all together all week and then throw it out on like win like Tuesday nights. I would be up all night and I was still had my regular job. And, wow. uh, and then I got fired, not fired. I got let go from my regular job because of the pandemic about like six or seven months into the pandemic. And then I was like, this is all I had. It was like the hail Mary shot. Cause I was self-producing at that time and making, oh. you know, zero from any of it. Cause I'm not very organized. And then I just uh, <laughs> somebody was like, Oh, I think it was Kate Casey was like, go daily da 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 da. And then I heart scouted me and a couple of other, you know, and I went with I heart and like, so I'm Wait, really, so you did you pursue like did was there something after you got let go from your job was there something that you were like okay now i'm taking it to the next level and you actually did something or was it well just it was like, like this is the only thing that i do this is the only thing i derive enjoyment from is this and they always you know as an actor especially you you hear more inspirational motivational phrases by the time you're 30 than any other workforce in america you know you always you know well and and it was this is the direction the river's going follow yeah. that direction like like pay attention to that and also pay attention to like you're actually happy you know even with my acting i'm a gr i'm a great actor but i still can get in my head a lot with acting i i mean with anything i stage but with right you get stage no, right i mean i have a shaky I, um, my, my left hand will shake, not because of nerves. It's just a natural shake, but that will make me nervous. Yeah. Uh, so I take beta blockers when I have big auditions still, but, um, I would still like, there's a lot of doubt there for me. It's just who I am as a person, but with podcasting, I still have that doubt, but I'm much more comfortable. Oh. It feels, uh, natural. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like once I get in front of a mic, I'm okay. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's everything outside of the mic that I'm a mess with. Like when I sit here, like I'll be sitting here all day today. Like after you, I have like four things back to back leading into a Beverly Hills recap. And I'm like, okay, well, today I know is going to be okay. Like I don't have to worry about the outside world, which is really dangerous the further I get into this because my outside life, I mean, but that's the other thing about pandemic, you guys, we, like, I didn't have to have an outside life anymore. So it was able to yeah. be put into, and I didn't have a family and I didn't have, you know, like there, it was, 
you know, podcasting it all aligned. came around. Yeah, it was weird. And that's, <laughs> and, but I'm not saying like, listen, I could get fired from my heart tomorrow. I could get, you know, like who knows what the future holds, but it is nice to have something that you're like, oh my God, this sort of works. Like, you know, with acting, yeah. you are, you know, At you're someone uh, else's it's, it's a lottery. Will. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you don't look good enough. You look too, you know, like there's always all of these things that you have no you have control over fit into whatever they're looking yeah. for versus I don't get being to pick. yourself. And I don't get to pick what audition, that. what auditions I get. I take whatever, yeah. like on this weekend, I had to put myself on tape for a commercial where I was like a mob boss. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm not a mob boss. Like, what the fuck are you guys thinking? And then I shaved a mustache and I was like, let me try to weird it up a little. And the age range you guys was, was like, was like 35 to 75. I was like, wow, casting a wide net here. Like, what are the chances? I was like, what the fuck? And then I like, I'm like, this isn't me. And that's what I'm saying. Like, but you still do these things and you spend time doing these things, oh, knowing that yeah. it is just no chance in hell, you know, with podcasting and talking about Bravo, like I can steer my own ship. I mean, yeah. for better or worse, sometimes that doesn't work. Like last night I was, I had like a guest drop out and I had ended up doing a solo show and I was like, it was just like pulling teeth for me to finish this show. I was having technical issues, but at least I know at the end of the day, that's still my responsibility, right, not right. anybody else's, you know? And you can still do it your way. You don't have to like check off boxes for requirements for somebody else you can do. No, I mean, just the only thing would be commercials and stuff like, um, and I do really long form podcasting just because I do know they put commercials in it and I want. I'm never going to do a 20 minute show and you're going to have to listen to 20 minutes of commercials. I'm going to do an hour and a half to a two hour show. And then hopefully you can stand the commercials and stuff like that. And, you know, we were talking before we recorded about Bravo and like the power of podcasting and stuff is that, mm -hmm. you know, pod podcasting listeners are one of the most sophisticated audiences out there that we, the audiences and the podcasters don't get the credit we deserve. Like even when I'm scared of something, like I remember talking to some listeners and they're like, Oh yeah, we, we know we listen to the commercials because we know it's good for the yeah. advertisers and we know it's good for you. And it's like, man, how smart, like how nice is that? Yeah. How, you know, like I'll fast forward well, yeah. through commercials when I watch them on TV, you know, and, and pod, the podcasting audiences are just the, the best. So, I mean, they're the smartest, funny. You, I mean, it's weird. If you look at the statistics on podcasting, one, the audiences of podcasts are typically have a higher income they're typically more educated. That's just a statistic. I'm just telling you the numbers. And well, listen, also, you have to just even figure out how to download the app. So my parents don't <laughs> even know how to get the podcast. I, that is a weird question that I get sometimes. They're like, I don't know how to download or whatever. I'm like, really? Yeah, like, it's like, maybe this isn't for you then. Like maybe this, this is going to be too much work already. But then also, I think it's like three times more or there's like more three times more purchases by consumers from podcast advertising versus traditional yeah. even social me media so i mean somebody once emailed me said they bought like a it was like a thousand dollars worth of bowling branch sheets from hearing my show i was like what the f i was like are you kidding i, I was literally like what and like, like bowling branch i made it but i was like what are you talking about like i thought it was like i was like wait and then i almost was like should i apologize i mean like i don't know <laughs> Like, I know they're amazing sheets, but like a thousand dollars, you have a thousand dollars to spend on. And then I was just yeah, thinking about do. that all day. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, this is, and then there's like, I have a commercial this week for like a, uh, it's like, you know, feminine vibrators and stuff like that. And, you know, <laughs> you even that is like, commercial on that? oh yeah, dude, the, the, I believe me, I'm so uncomfortable with me saying vulva <laughs> and the poor audience has to hear me say vulva like four times in the commercial. And I'm like, I realize how ridiculous this is. <laughs> oh and, my gosh. That's yeah, so it's funny. great. Oh my gosh. So what is that the biggest difference between self-producing versus being under contract? Is that what you call it? Uh, the commercial. Yeah. I mean, well, for me, but remember, like, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm trying to, I'm not the daily. I'm not, I'm not saying like they leave me alone pretty much because I'm, uh, I bring in decent numbers. You can leave me a, like, you know, like I can be somewhat trusted. I'm not, you know, my audience is pretty loyal and it does continue to grow. So it's like, and I do a show daily. So I'm like, I'm just giving like my value, you know, the cost value for them yeah. is, is very effective. I imagine, you know, so, so do you, did you define how often you were going to release an episode? Like, how do you determine the format of your show when you go work for a network or what, or well, 
so oh. my mine was just purely insanity and it's catching up to me and listen i don't know how much longer i can keep it up but i'll do like five shows a week plus patreon plus guest spots and all that stuff that's a lot but my <laughs> thing was and 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 i hate to give away the secret here is that i started late in this you know and and you probably think you started late in this in the sense that Crappens was already around for five or six oh, yeah. years. Casey was already around. Danny was already around. And oh, they had yeah. already done the, you know, like they're the, you know, Mount Rushmore they're, of. Yeah, of, I would never try to compete with no, that. No, so I couldn't. There's no, but there's no <laughs> yeah. way. There's just but no way. That's and the beauty about podcasting is that you don't have to come. No, you don't. And that's, it's not a competition, but my thing was, how do I, like you have a thing, Bravo and Blaze, and there's like weed involved and people like, okay, that's, that's a thing that you can my market. Brand. That's a thing that you can. So my brand was just insanity was just that I cannot quality wise. I'm probably not going to be better than them. Like they're, you're not going to hear you know, you're going to hear my take on things, but you're already loving to hear your take on all of these guys. You know, your ears yeah. are can only hold so much. So my thing was, I'm going to do more than anybody else. I will do one every day and I'll do long ones every day. And I'll watch yeah. the, I mean, like I'll go really deep and this will all be by myself because I don't have a partner. I don't have like the reality gaze or the crappens or like that. So yeah. I'm going to say, so eventually you might not hear about me for the first two years, but third year, I'm like, I, Ryan Bailey, I've heard, I keep hearing that name. Like I, I hear that name and you'll have somebody on that will be like a good guest that'll bring new ears in. And they're like, Oh, okay. Ryan, he's not, not that bad of a guy. Like, I, I like that. I'll, I'll, let's see what he's about. But also with my show, it's a little bit of a variety show where I'll start off with a mashup with a song mashup. Yeah. And like people are getting uncut. Like you have to, train people or ask people to come along with you on a journey of like, yo, mm -hmm. this might not be exactly what you're used to hearing. We're going to start with music. And some comments will be like, this isn't a radio station. And I'll be like, cool, you're right. But use the timestamps <laughs> if you don't like it. Yeah. But in my world, I love to start with music. I love yeah. to start my day with a, like a mashup of two amazing songs together and then yeah. go into personal and pop culture stories. But if you don't like that, you can skip right to the Southern Charm recap. There's like three shows in here that it's like yeah. a choose your own adventure if you don't want to just have it playing in the background. But it does show me and probably you as well that people have such specific tastes in how they listen to shows. So oh, yeah. I, at the I've same time, I do this for myself too, you know? Yeah, no, I was going to ask you, do you feel like podcasting is a form of therapy for yourself? Because Oh, yeah. Me, I mean, I sometimes it's the only form. I mean, it's... <laughs> Uh, I mean, li listen, my mom is, my mom has cancer right now and she's sick and I've taken oh, the listeners sorry. through that journey and my mom's been on the show. Like, you know, she's a returning guest for, and has been from the beginning and she just had surgery last week and, and, you know, she'll continue to have to have things done and stuff. And it has been my one, like I said, my one refuge. When I turn mm -hmm. this off, I'll go back to worrying or fretting or right you know, thinking about the reality of situations. And with this, I can, but, but it's like an escape, you know, but yeah, I, I try to be, I do keep certain things for myself, but I try to be as honest as possible yeah. with the audience, mm -hmm. even in my failures, Me you know, too. like even like yeah. I, I, I even, and I'm a very insecure person and they know that as well, the audience. And Who this, isn't? but this Everyone for me has been here. a journey of, <laughs> This has been a journey of uh, trying to be a more confident person, trying yeah. to learn from my mistakes, oh trying my to, yeah. to not be Same. threatened by being wrong and mm -hmm. say, listen, there's room to grow for all of us. And, yeah. but at the same time, please let's laugh about it. Please, yes. like, please, can we laugh that Kathy called Lizzo precious? Can we laugh at how, and by I the way, I said I this, it's not, it's not <laughs> laughing with, it's laughing at, I am laughing at Kathy Hilton. I'm not laughing with Kathy Hilton. And also I want to point out Kathy Hilton is truly ridiculous. She is not laughing at Lizzo. She's like, she's, she made a, she's a dummy. And she also potentially has dangerous thoughts about how she views people in America. Yeah. We don't, I never didn't think that, but I'm saying we need to be able to laugh at this and go, yeah. I'm glad I'm not like that. Right. Isn't it funny and that these on. ladies used to be aspirational and now I'm like, I wouldn't pay anything to be any of these ladies. Like I, like, I would hate to live Lisa Rinna's life. My God. Do you think that, I mean, you bring up a good point. Do you think that Bravo has kind of shifted from like day one, you're talking about OC, like Vicky Gunvalson yelling about her van or whatever, 
Like yeah. those were the aspirational days, I feel like. And yeah. and our And even then they're not really if you go back different. and look at look, if you go back and look, that's like upper middle class. You know, yeah. like it's you know, if you go back and look at that, you're like, well, that's not that good. Like, <laughs> I mean, but that's why we it but if it, it's fine, like everything evolves. There's evolution in everything. Yeah. And what it's evolved into now is I always compare it to on the show is that we've made these housewives, it's like fucking SNL where people are auditioning for yes. SNL. These ladies That's are buying man like Jennifer Aiden bought a mansion to try to get on this show. And like these people are spending outside of their means most of the times, which then in the, it, it, down the line is going to mm -hmm. cause for criminal trials. Like none yeah. of these people, you know, there's crimes involved every season. Like that's a natural evolution, I guess. But like where we started from, if you go back and watch that first season of OC, yeah. you would think you were watching a documentary that could be up for an Oscar. You're like, well, this is really, you know, even the way they shoot it, uh, you know, like the glossiness now. And I, I don't mind, like I have... I love Bravo still. I mean, it's obviously I love Bravo still, but you can't say where they started. It's nothing from where we started. Yeah. It's nothing like the, the characters. And, and sometimes it sucks because we now have women on these shows that have been raised on these shows. So you yeah. get Noella, who I always compared to like a Frankenstein kind of housewife where she, I'll take a little bit of this and a little yeah. bit of that. And yeah. I will cry at this. And, and so there was a performative aspect because she admitted she loved these shows. She admitted yeah, she, she watched did. all these shows. So you've got to be, you know, it's like aware yeah. of the space. This isn't yes. reality anymore. This is I like know. a reality that she's trying to present to us, oh which gosh, then yeah. I get really, I mean, speaking of, you know, smoke some weed and think about that. I mean, the reality <laughs> on top of the reality on top of the reality. And what oh, it's turning doing, into you know? like inception and it's oh, yeah. just wild. The whole like human being, like it's a, it's a combination of the study of psychology, each person individually and what they do and how they react to certain situations. But then also the sociology part of it, like gang mentality or mob mentality, or, you know, just like if somebody else is mad at someone, then they, that changes their perception, you know? So there's just like this whole, there's a lot that goes into it that we can take from it. And to me, it's like modern day anthropology. And if you look at like what anthropology really originated from, it's like the study of societies, different societies. Yeah. This is back in the day before we had technology where we could just all go live and share everything. Like yeah. there were pockets of people who are still, you know, living like indigenous in indigenous tribes or whatever and then these people go in with cameras and they're like what the hell is this and there's this debate in the anthropo anthropology world of you know is it really reality because if the camera wasn't there would they still behave that way so there's like all these different things that i think viewers need to like take into consideration well, but even watching the, this and just take it as face value. I'm so curious. I would love to be behind the scenes for Bravo meetings because what also is happening now is that, you know, us and our online communities, we're providing half of the storylines now. And those increase every yes. season, the amount of storylines we're creating for them. The blogs. But also we're trying to be stars in our own right. And I don't mean me and you, but like stars, like, you know, on social media and like, oh, it's cool to get noticed. It's cool to get one off and it's cool to like get this joke off. And, but at the same time, Bravo, I sometimes think is there's a you know, it, I compare it to like ultimate girls trip and all of that stuff. Like Andy had that famous quote, years ago saying, well, I never want to combine things because that would be kind of a jump the shark moment. You know, I don't want to do what other yeah, things. We don't need to compare cast yeah. and all that stuff. And and I totally understood what he was saying at the time, but I thought it was like, man, that's a lack of foresight in a way yeah. because the audience want it to be a shared universe. Yeah. If, Mar if Marvel or even the 90 day universe mm -hmm. has taught us anything is that people like for crossover events, people yes. like it's not, it's more a strengthening. It's more refreshing yes. the brand. So when you watch Ultimate yes. Girls Trip, you were like, holy shit, this actually works. This actually, it almost is making yeah. me appreciate these ladies where some of them yes. I had written off and I'm like a refamiliarization. Oh, now yes. I'm like, oh, sh like, I mean, it really did wonders for my relationship with Phaedra, especially yes. where it made me yep. appreciate like, and then it, it, then I started thinking about forgiveness and I started yeah. thinking about like, no, I mean, like these are real big things I was like yeah. actually trying to tackle in my mind of like, oh, okay, same. if somebody like somebody just doesn't cease to exist when they've done something awful. And then you see like, sometimes the benefits and the positivity that yeah. they can bring in still. So I thought, you know, Andy had a little bit of lack of foresight that they're making up for, you know, you have winter house, all this stuff. Yeah. But the other thing that I think there might be a lack of foresight on right now is, uh, 
and this is going to be don't steal this andy if you're listening to bravo and blaze and he's totally gonna sue everybody i will sue the pants (laughs) off you andy even though you might like that um is that it is that they have a lack of foresight in they need to find a way to control the online narrative. Yes. And if you can't control it, use it. And I don't yes. mean use it as storyline, but like my pitch always has been, and like, let a bunch of Bravo podcast, let's do a best yeah. week ever every week where we do like what, because half the audience doesn't have social media, right? And half of it is voracious social media. So there should be a week, like catch up with what happened this week in social media. Yeah, catch up with what like what, ja- catch up with this, catch up with that. You know, like let's go and then let's say, okay, this happened. And then five commenters go around doing their like talking heads about like, yeah. well, that's crazy. Da, 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 da. You know, that's the thing I want them to get. That's my dream, yeah. not for yeah. me, but my dream is for them to control it because eventually the online narrative is going to be so much more exciting than anything that you can see on that screen because there's also right. a time-lapse difference. The cool thing about social media and our podcast is that we can be immediate. We can talk about something the very next, like I did a show last night. I could talk about the K-Fed videos that he released about Britney. I could talk about that Lizzo moment. I was able to do that at night and put it out this morning. And that's like the immediacy of that is great. Mm-hmm. But that's what scares me is like, you, you got to find this balance that I sometimes feel yeah. is completely skewed, you know? So I think that, you know, you made a good point, either control it or like leverage it. <clears throat> and I think controlling it would, I think they want to control it, but and they can't like, you're no one's ever going to be able to control the internet. So you know, it's like, but that's a, I think it's deeply about that. I'm like, you can't, it's freedom of speech, man. You can't, so like, you can't control it. So find a way to use it. Yeah. Harness it, figure out how to create an interactive environment. Like, like I said, we Bravo fans, and this goes for any kind of community, Lord of the Rings, Disney, Harry Potter, whatever. Like if we Bravo has the opportunity where they're filming and we have the ability to give feedback real time. And so it's not, it's even better than like a Harry Potter situation where they're not making new Harry Potters. Like we're actually watching in real time as they're filming and interacting with these women while they're filming. Like that part, I didn't even think of until I got into this community. And now that it's happening, it's like weirding me out a little bit. Do you ever get contacted by people on the shows yeah yeah i do and um so i hate that i don't well here's i never i never tag people in my um i don't tag other bravo accounts i don't tag you know maybe here and there if they're if i know they know i'll tag them but i'm not not trying to get bravo lebs to ever follow me i'm not trying to i want to interview them but i don't want to i want to be able to say what i feel and think and if anybody just like you are if anybody is nice enough to come on my show i treat that person with respect Mm -hmm. i don't go for gotcha questions i'm not looking to i want to know about them i want i had chef on a couple weeks ago it was like the day he broke they broke up with taylor and (sighs) i was really wanting to i was so excited for that interview and i didn't know about the Taylor thing. They didn't announce it until like five hours after we had done the podcast. And I was so, but I started hitting with Taylor questions. I immediately knew something was wrong. Like you could tell he was like bummed. Uh-huh. You would tell like, but I, and I was like, oh man, you just don't want to settle down. And I was like hitting this, this, you know, and I, and I was trying to be bro out with him, which is really funny. And I was like, Hey, can we do mushrooms together and all that, you know? And he Ooh. was, you could, but you could tell he was like, just from my experience, what I, how I viewed it, even in the moment was like, man, this guy's bummed about something. Like yeah. he's bummed. He's like, Matt, he's not mad at me, but he's bummed. And yeah. so I was trying to make him laugh like I would with a friend. Um, and then five hours later, you know, that news came out and I DM'd him. I was like, dude, you should have let me know. I would have not asked any Taylor questions. Yeah, you know, like I, yeah. I wouldn't, I'm not that person trying to yeah. get the like, yeah. I, I want to be a person and I want to like actually get to know these people away from the camera and I'm yeah. tawdry and I love gossip and all that stuff. I just don't know if I necessarily do that. You know, I don't know. That's not what I'm aiming to do with yeah. my show. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get fascinating things from everybody, but yeah, anyways, um, of course it, it I had, um, do you ignore I, them? The, if they re- do you ignore them if they reach out to you? Well, the one that has haunted me for a little was Amanda Batula from Summer House. 
I had, it was like at the summer house reunion, there was that one moment where they were backstage and it was Paige, Sierra and Amanda. And they were talking about Carl and like, Oh, he's just like Lindsay's like pet now. It was was some weird thing. And Amanda even said it. And for me, Amanda is supposed to be Switzerland. Amanda's middle of the road. Amanda is what I want. Like, I feel like she brings people together. Voice reason. Yeah. Like suppose like, do and I've always, even in the bad times, rooted for Kyle and Amanda. And even when I say this, you guys, I know how ridiculous it sounds. Like I'm taught this is what I'm talking about, these people like sports teams where like I've rooted for their relationship no matter what. And I'm also smart enough to realize we don't see everything on camera. Yeah. So I had done like a I think a TikTok video or something about this one moment about saying, Oh, I'm so fun. I'm like, and I was bummed. I was like, no, not you. Like Paige, yeah. I get it. Like Paige, like, oh, she got out from her bed and wanted to make these comments and all that. But, you know, and then I got a DM, I got, I got a long DM from Amanda saying, I hear you're disappointed in me. Da, 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 da. And it was oh, like, went God. on. And I was like, first off, holy, I mean, I've interviewed Amanda and Kyle once and they were great, but it was at the beginning of this season. And I didn't realize how harsh that season was on them. You know, I was like, yeah. oh shit. Um, but I, I wrote back, I said, first off, um, I, you know, I, I hate to like bad, but I'm like, I'm nobody. Like who, I mean, I get, I get that this is bothers you, but like, and I explained what I said to you. I said, my, my thing is, I feel like I'm not seeing something. I'm not, I'm not privy to a moment that you guys all know that the audience doesn't know Mm -hmm. because this is how it comes off with what we see. I hope you can understand that. Also, I said, I understand if you need to unfollow me or do whatever you need to do. And I don't want to hurt your feelings. I really like you and Kyle a lot and I'm glad, you know, but you know, I am disappointed about these things. Um, And I was, you know, very honest about it. And she never wrote back. She read it, never wrote back, but didn't unfollow me yet. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that's for that moment. I got to be honest about that moment. I mean, I'm very ride or die with only very few people because I think this is like pro wrestling where one season you're a villain and one season you're a hero, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, what would you recommend to anyone who does go on these shows? Because like, I am blown away when I'm watching them, just like the idea of putting yourself out there for the world to see the way that they do. Like, I don't know if I could handle that. So because of these types of things and like, if, somebody's going into that I feel like they need to like be aware of what to expect and that those things are going to happen I think most of these ladies at this point I think anybody getting into these shows already know what they're getting into at this point Mm -hmm. like you would have to like really come from like just out of like the blue to not know about reality show yeah exactly just like be frozen in ice for the last 50 years and then just get unfrozen and decide to go yeah it's like so they know what they're getting into i just don't think they realize do they you think mary cosby knew what she was getting to okay the one thing i will say about everybody on bravo or reality shows in general and what makes a good housewife also destroys a good housewife and that's the ego the Mm -hmm. ego always is even if you think you see it for other people it's not going to be me because i know how to control things i know how to shut things down i know how to do it and that i mean like so you get all of these ladies so fired up and you even see it in ultimate girls trip of dorinda would not let go Dorinda. No, 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 no. I know. No, no, no. And like, you're going to cry Tamara. Well, I'm going to cry. Da, da, da. You're going to, you know, these ladies are all out egoing. It's like, <laughs> like, it's like the version of what they guys see, you know, like sw- swinging a big old dick around. Like these ladies are all got big dicks. They're all swinging it. They're all seeing who can, you know, there's nobody on these shows that are like, I'll just be in the corner. And if they are, we make fun of them completely and say they're shit and they're not good. We want people to get into the ring. But then at the same time, we, then they get into the ring, like Noel in the first season, we're like, yo, chill out, man. You don't need first. You're a rookie. Let's, let's ease into this stuff. Um, So, I mean, my, my thing is what I, what I would, if I was ever, I would never do a show like ever, but if I were to consider it, what I would tell somebody is go, you're going to get a lot of attention and it's going to be really cool. And you'll probably get more Instagram followers and you'll probably get some brand deals from like curling irons with triple curl action and stuff like that. But the flip side of that is remember 
remember like, you know, I'd be like, okay, your best friend in the world, you know, when they say something bad about you, how it hurts. Right. I and mean, that's mm -hmm. your best friend. But like, what if you hear something from your best friends, like three friends down and they've heard something from your best friend about you. So they're talking shit about you. And you're like, I don't even know that person. And they're talking yeah. shit about me. Now imagine that with 10,000 people. Imagine 10, imagine you do something wrong on TV because you will. Nobody's We're perfect. Human, you will. Yeah. And you will have 10,000 opinions making a snap judgment on one moment that do not know you, that is only seen what is presented on this camera. Mm -hmm. And do is it worth the curling iron deal? Is it worth Question. that? And yeah. Why did you pick the number 10,000? <laughs> oh, what did I say? 10,000. 10,000. 10,000 oh. people are going to, is well, that I was trying to, cause I was like, I was like at the, at the same time, well, 10,000, I just picked because, well, listen, as much as we think, I mean, we are a very strong army, but we are an army still a few. Like I always get scared of like, we need to bring in new people into the Bravo audience. It can't just be us passionately fighting in the same Twitter verse over and over it again. Is a lot of you know, I always say that, like, go to your neighbor, bring them into the fold, go to your friends and say, have you ever checked out married to medicine? Go into your friends and oh, have you say, have so you good. ever, you know, like the outreach on our part, we need to step it up. Like, you know, if Bravo is going to provide us this content, we need to then be good foot soldiers and get yeah. it out there and say, I think we are. No, no, I think we are too, but I'm saying sometimes I worry when I see ratings or when I see this, I'm like, oh. damn, this is dipping here. Cause I get, I'm a geek on like numbers. I'll be yeah. like, okay, this is this, and this is this. And I really geek out on that so stuff. 10,000 just reminds me of, cause I looked up how many people went to BravoCon in 2019 and they said 10,000. So I was just wondering. Isn't this year like 20,000 or something? Or is it supposed to be 20,000? The, they move it to the Javits Center, I think. Yeah, it's supposed um, to be bigger, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they, but I mean, at the end of the day, the public at large doesn't know, like if I said, um, Erica Jane, I mean, maybe Erica Jane, people know that, but if I said something like uh, Mary Cosby, people are like, what? Who's Mary Cosby? Like most people don't know Mary Cosby. People, people don't even know Salt Lake city is a show. Like, yeah. so it is, you know, I'll be, it's still we're, we're talking, a micro niche. Yeah. Know. I mean, we're talking so passionately about it and it's amazing. And it's our corner of the I universe, know, but if it. you, have you ever been with a bunch of friends, you guys, and like you start bringing this up and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you, what are you going on about over there? Yeah. You know, one of my most, most popular memes ever was the picture of Crystal Minkoff and her first season when they all got up because Sutton was crying, the leather pants scene. Yeah. In the scene with <laughs> like Ugly leather pants. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that's me with all my real life friends who also love Bravo. Oh. Like literally no one in my real life talks about bravo or anything really it's just all online oh my friends from my old life they'll always be, you <laughs> know, like, well they, i mean my friends have been like like they'll be like dude listen to your podcast i have no clue what you're talking yeah, about but it sounds like you're having fun and it yeah. looks like it's doing good really proud of you what like I they mean? but they're like you know you made it entertaining i have no clue what you're talking about like and they'll just like really they're they're really funny that way because they're just yeah. like i have no, I like I would, yeah, he goes, but you're you're talking about it so intelligently and fun and all that that you made me want to know, but I have no idea, you know. Like, and my dad, That's like, my I poor love. dad heard me do a rant about Sheena a long time ago. I remember he was like, I was listening to you, I have no idea who that lady is, but it she sounds funny, you know. And I was like, cool, <laughs> bingo, you did it. So, what do you think as far as your future goes? Like, what are you looking at or what do you want to achieve? And then what do you think about Bravo in general? Like, what is their future looking like in your opinion? Well, uh, my future, I don't, I, I'm, I live in fear every day. Like I have this nice little niche that I have and I want to grow it. And I want to, you know, it's like, you know, watering a plant or something. And unfortunately mm -hmm. I tend to kill plants and I tend to, <laughs> you know, keep things sloppy and stuff. So I don't have the organizational power that I should to for, for how, for as big as it's starting to get. And I don't mean that in a brag, it's not a braggy way. It's a very scary way. Cause I also realize if I don't care for it, so many things can happen that can screw everything up. So I do worry about that. And also putting out so much content, I don't get a lot of time to think strategically. So there's so many ideas in my head that I don't really get to really put it into power because I'm just so focused on even getting these shows out because they can yeah. be monsters. But my my dream, you know, we started the YouTube channel, which is just slow and it's slow going, but I, I'm, you know, I expected it to be slow going. So you can see videos now of the podcast and oh, see me do goofy faces and stuff. And so that's cool. Like it, it took me for a while to 
you know, I don't love the way I look. So they, to like go like, okay, just be used to seeing yourself on camera again. And that's why for an actor, like, but I don't watch anything I do. I don't do, you know, I'm just kind of like put it out there. So I'm trying to get used to that again. Mm -hmm. Um, and my dream would be able to, to do this, uh, do podcasting forever, but also to do like a TV element to it. My dream is to be talking heads and things. My dream would have been to be on like best week ever as a talking head or Chelsea lately as a panel Uh, guest, or, you know, uh, those are the dreams because I love pop culture so much. And it, and I, 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 feel i believe i have a good understanding of it and a good history mm-hmm. with it that mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff like even like the that we were talking earlier about not on this but before the woodstock 99 doc you know it's like yeah. i want to be one of the talking heads on that i want to be on you know i want to be that, be Fred like, durst i hope not uh, yeah <laughs> i do do it all for the nookie <laughs> and um i am wearing my baseball cap backwards um no, like I, that, that's the thing is that there's so many pop culture moments that we have lived through now mm-hmm. that I, I would love that. I love that we're getting, you know, tr- we're treating these things like history, you know, pop it culture history. history. It is if for, to us, it is. And we grew up or at least I grew up I mean, in this kind of prime spot where pop culture now is so fragmented in a billion different directions. Yeah. Like there's, you know, so many micro audiences that you yep. couldn't even dare to like begin to understand everything. Like I'm trying to teach myself about like, what like uh was it uh like black pink and and <gasps> i JJ. love black pink well, but oh I'm my god like jenny's even, my favorite even, <laughs> but even that whole like all of the the musicians in that of like mm-hmm. how big that's exploded that style of music yeah. and that you're like how did i miss this i used to know everything when i was a kid and now <laughs> there's just too much to know and yeah. you know so my dream is to be in the pop culture space um my my dream uh, like i'm ready to go like i'm ready to talk today um, I'm ready to, you know, you I want to keep getting good guests. TV? I want to, uh, you know, if it, if it, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm willing, yeah, of course. I mean, listen, that's the goal. Like if there is, uh, auditions for a host of something, uh, you know, uh, believe me, I'll shave the mustache and stuff, but like, <gasps> no, I'm, would you take I, Andy's role if they ever, no, no, see, no, I would never, you? no, I would never be offered and I never would do it. I think that belongs to a woman or a gay man. And that is, but what, but what I would do is I would love to do a man on the street guy for them. I, I would love to be a segment guy on oh. watch what happens live. I would love to, uh, I would love to have an after show for Andy online where yeah. I could, you know, like that's the thing, but Andy, and I will say this, like, this is the one part. And I don't know if this is because I'm straight and I, maybe you can explain it to me. I don't know why Andy gets so much hate because I truly think he is so good at what he does and yeah. for, to, to manipulate that circus that he, like he yeah. created, there's only a few people that has created an actual pop culture art form and Andy did it. And yeah. I think he's a, re- if you listen to his radio show, he's just a really, he's inquisitive. He's good. You know, he, honestly, like, I, I don't think know- it's mo money, mo problems. Like no, it, if anyone gets as big and successful as Andy Cohen, you're always going to have both sides of the spectrum. You're going to have the yeah. diehard oh. rider dies. And then you're going to have the people who hate. And I think oh, the ones who hate are usually upset or triggered over something that like maybe he didn't do or say something in the moment to make a point and that's what they're upset about. Well, yeah. And like, you know, when you're trying to cram all this into like a 22 minute format on watch what happens live or something, it's, and also then try to be play all sides of things of like, okay, I need, I know I need to work with this person in the future. I can't Mm -hmm. be as like, I have the ability to be harsh on Rena. I have the ability to be, but if I was, one of her employers or somebody I would have to, you know, choose yeah. my battles with those you things. To, so I'm like, yeah. I mean, but anyway, this is, I wanted to show you this. My friend got this made for me last year for my birthday, but it's me and Andy. And, uh, but it's like, it's that scene from anchorman. I'm holding a knife and he's holding chains. Like we're in a fight together. And um, I, it was like, it's one of my, oh my possessions. Would you but... ever do, would you co-host with Andy? Oh, he doesn't need a co-host. Like, but, but, but if, my dream, no, but listen, situation. listen, I, I, I got to be on Amy Phillips show on radio, Andy, oh, a bunch of times. Cool. My goal is to be on Jeff Lewis's show <gasps> on there one day. I mean, I want to be That's in, awesome. I, I don't, it's not, this is not like, I think I could hold my own with some of those people and I have held oh, my own, but I think about it as like training of like, you know, everything is an at bat. Every time you step to the mic, you're getting stronger. Every mm-hmm. hour that mm-hmm. you put into this, you are getting an hour back. And yeah 
this is one of the only things where I'm 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 not cocky, but I'm confident in when we're talking. You know, I, yeah. like, I mean, confidence I, I, breeds confidence, and that's okay. If you're confident, you have confidence because you know you've done it. You've put in the time. You've you've gotten used to it and you're comfortable that's okay to be confident it's not cocky i don't think yeah no that's what i was just saying i've got to stop that's another goal is to stop apologizing for things and myself i always lead with a, a, a i'm sorry I so that's it but um <laughs> yeah no the andy thing and the funny thing is andy i think andy doesn't follow me or anything like that but i know like he'll see my stuff sometimes and mm. but he won't like because I, I i'll tag him and not or in my stories i'll be like at it was like something that i put in my stories and he always sees it but he doesn't even fucking heart it and i'm like either block me or don't i'm like what what is your problem man i'm not asking to suck your I'm dick offended. i'm like i'm like literally <laughs> and by the way i'm a such a huge andy cohen fan that i'm like oh, what you, i mean i even went and saw him get his star on the walk of fame but which by <gasps> like did. this job is such a weird shame spiral of like i went to that by myself and i was just like stay like you can actually see me in the background <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, like, and, it, but that's, that's me is like showing up I to these it. weird events by myself. I love and, it. And uh, yeah, so they, <laughs> that would just to be in this space is already so exciting. Like yeah, every time is. I get a guest that I'm excited about is mm -hmm. a victory yeah, and it's a challenge yeah. and you get to like be nervous about it and then yeah. do it and see what worked and what didn't. And you're so excited for the audience to hear it. And there's so much excitement and, and passion Fun. that go into this that for any of us that do this stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to hear about something you have coming up. Oh you yeah. Said. I forgot. Sorry. I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> That's okay. So let's hear about it. You have a new children's cartoon recap pod. Can you please explain? Okay, so, so that sounds horrible right <laughs> off the bat. You're like, this guy is talking about children. So uh, iHeartRadio, like they, they were, we were talking about other shows to do. And I was talking about some other ideas that I was interested in doing um, because they get like a first look at like, if I'm thinking of doing something and I had this kind of plotted out thing about Hollywood history. And they're like, that sounds amazing. We don't want that. Like we want something <laughs> that you can do every week and it's fun. And uh, you know, and so they pitched me this show called what the kids are watching. And it's me and Natalie Poucher who has a podcast called Humble and Hungry and used to be Heather Dubrow's assistant oh. and used to host Heather Dubrow's podcast with her. And they teamed us up oh. and she has a daughter and I I do not think I have kids. And um, no, I know I don't. And um, and so at first I was like, well, this does, this is weird. Like I don't like I watch a children's show and then we talk about it and stuff. And I was like, what I don't kind really of children's show? So like there's Whippy? like a. a Bluey, Booba, Paw Patrol, Blues, Clues, and Blue, stuff. Every yes, every. So Aww. we'll pick one episode each. But by the way, for somebody that smokes weed, you would love this because these shows are just like, what is me, going? Are you them. out of your mind? Like this is <laughs> what is happening? Like is this? We I was watching this Paw Patrol show the other day, you guys, and they, they their friend and this grandpa guy get their 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 truck like on black ice and it spins out and they're about to die and they're like let's call the paw patrol and they're very like excited about it even though they're yeah. close to death and then they have this paw patrol you guys that literally i don't they're like a ragtag force led by this 10 year old kid writer that i don't even know i'm like how is this like what how is like a, what is going on they have like this base writer i don't even know has parents and he's like in charge of all these dogs and they all these vehicles the dogs can drive and then the dogs go and save this truck like there's never any sense of urgency because they like even to get they get dressed mm -hmm. up and they're like let's have some treats for us and i'm like people's lives are in the like danger like this is and so we talk about it like so that that will and we get to talk about like you know what it's like to be a parent what it's like to and it's really hysterical natalie is awesome it premieres friday or i don't know when this airs out but it's going to premiere tomorrow the first two episodes bluey and booba will be out and those are the first two episodes we ever did after we did that first episode on bluey i was like oh this can work this is actually it yeah. convinced me because i just like i didn't know and i had never met natalie before and we just had this kind of natural chemistry and she's super awesome she's going to be on my show next week so i can ask her about all the uh so you know heather bro stuff yeah. she has 
a lot of housewives history but if you have kids or if you watch kids shows it's gonna be weekly there's only it's like one 45 minute to an hour episode each week so it's not these long things like i do and um you definitely you definitely made it sound way more fun than when i've watched the show so i think it's it sounds amazing already when one of these i mean and then we're gonna have other guests on that have kids that have like i mean like so if you have kids or if you went through that phase and wanted to know what the f you were watching like this is kind of what that show does and (gasps) you do disney movies yeah i mean that's what i'm saying suggest a way we have like frozen moana yes i mean that's that would be those would be great special episodes where we really get, I mean, those could be like two-parter. That's a great those idea. Are, they're That's really a great idea. You could go in and talk about some of these movies for a very long time. Like there are suspicions that Elsa may be a lesbian. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, <laughs> why? Why are we hiding it if she is? Like, you know, so well, I think you could then, really do a lot with uh, it. I think it sounds very exciting. Oh, because Paw Patrol, I was like, oh my God, is there like a bad cop dog? Is there a cop that's like, is there a bad dog that's like planting evidence of like, there of like, Ruffy, controversial you... stuff with Paw Patrol. I've See, heard. I only watched one episode because I was like, is there one like, you're too close to the edge, Ruff. You got to get off this case, you know? It's like, shut yeah. the fuck up, you know? Because I always think about the reality of these situations and kids shows always tell you the, because I was like, yeah. What is, I, what is the lesson? Are you preparing your kids to like slide on black ice and then just be cool with it? Like, we'll wait for the Paw Patrol. It's like, no, we're going to die. We're literally going to die. This is a serious situation. And th- these shows are teaching kids to just be blase about these huge earth shattering events, you know? Oh my gosh. I can't wait to listen. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for being here. Everyone, make sure you go check out Ryan's show, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And then what's the name of the new show? It's called What the Kids Are Watching. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. And like with anything, and like same with Jenny's show, if you're listening, I always say this. This is the most important thing you can do as a listener is not only subscribe, but immediately rate it five stars. A lot of people will uh, rate podcasts, uh, and they'll sometimes kind of be jerky about it. If you don't like something, move on. There are so many podcasts out there that you will find the right one that will fit you perfectly. But find that one. Don't try to make somebody else suffer because you don't like their show or something like that. But what you can do is just leave a five-star immediately because it does help with placement. It does help with uh, people finding you. That's part of the reason I found me was like people leaving good reviews and stuff. And so leave that immediately for, for Jenny. Like it's the freest thing you can do. You just have to tap your thumb or your finger or how your nose, whatever you want to do. And you don't have to pay for that, but it really does help keep the lights on and keep things growing because podcast is one of the number one growing forms of entertainment in this country, you know? Yeah. Please make sure to subscribe, follow, like, and leave a review. We are releasing one episode weekly for season three. Anyone who leaves a review and sends a screenshot to bravo and blaze at gmail.com before the season finale will be entered into a giveaway where the Winner will be announced on the finale episode. One winner will receive some Bravo and Blaze merch. And along with a special shout out and a smoke sesh with yours truly. So stay lit fam. 